When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Are you still mad at me or are we cool now? I'm genuine. I genuinely was We don't mad. have to talk about why you were mad, but you were mad at me. I was not mad. You were mad. You started the show. You wouldn't even talk to me. I was like, you good to go. Yo, that, though. Maybe there are other things going on in my life. Well, oh. It's about you, Mr. Nick. Right? Okay. Well, you know what? Guess what? The 45 minutes twice a week when we do this kind of is. <laughs> hey, I need you. You think you don't think there are days that I walk downstairs and I and I'm either irritated with one of your little sisters, maybe even you, maybe your mom's gotten mad at me for something. I don't sit in the seat before the TV show and like. All right, welcome in. It is episode 22 of What's Right with Nick Wright, the podcasting and YouTube show. Unlike episode 21, we are not recording this this show through a string and a cup. We are back online fully, and unlike any of the previous 21 episodes, we have a brand new microphone. So these takes should be crystal clear even more so than always. So all that's good. Also, reminder, check out the weekly series, 50 Greatest Players of the Last 50 Years. The one that comes out this coming Sunday will be the most controversial, but I feel better about it than even when I recorded it a few days ago. One serious note. Uh, We are recording this one day after the massacre in Texas. I am going to use the final segment of today's show to talk about that. Some of what I say will come across as political and some of what I say will simply be a parental plea for some level of sanity. If you are coming to this show as an escape or if you fear, you're like, I really like Nick, but if I hear what I think he's going to say about guns in this country, I'm going to hate him. If I find out he has a different political opinion than me, I won't be able to listen to him anymore. Then just end the podcast or the YouTube show, however you're consuming it, after our second segment. The third segment, though, we will be discussing that. It's where my head is right now. It's where my heart is right now. However, we are here to provide an escape for many of you and to talk about the sports news of the day. So that is what we will do for the first two segments of today's show. As always, we start the show by telling you what we're not talking about. Here's what did not make today's show in any way, shape, or form. Eastern Conference Finals Game 5, because as it happens, that game has not yet happened, even though you are consuming this after it's happened. Brady hitting some ducks to Gronk. Gronk shagging balls for Brady. Left-handed swing, wasn't that impressed with it. And the rural Virginia Commanders, as 
the former Washington football team, now the Washington Commanders, might be moving outside of Washington, D.C. entirely. None of that is on the show. Demonze will tell us what is on the show. I hope I know what we're starting with, but I don't know what we're starting with. What are we starting with, Demonze? How could we not? The Mavs avoided the broom Tuesday night. Oh, they sure did, didn't they? Yep, definitely hope that they finally started hitting the threes. Yeah. But no team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in yeah. the NBA history. Yeah. Uh, so if you think that Luka can be the guy to do it, uh-huh. I think that it's probably time to make another bet. Oh, well, I'm not ma- Listen, the first of there's a number of things here. First of all, I've made plenty. I already have plenty of actual bets involving the Mavericks making the finals and winning the finals. I'm what we would call pot committed to that. I don't, I, there's, unless you are going to give me outrageous odds. And by the way, I don't even want to make this bet with you because you're rooting for the Mavericks. I know you want to root against me, but in this series, I've watched the games with you. You're rooting for the Mavericks. You don't like Draymond. You don't like the Warriors. So no bet. There is no bet. That's first of all. Second of all, I'm so sick of hearing people talk about 3-0. It's not 3-0 anymore. It's 3-1. And 13 (laughs) teams have come back from down 3-1. And the Warriors have blown a 3-1 lead. And here's the other thing. All the analysis of Game 4 has been exactly what you said. Oh, the Mavs finally hit their threes. Yes, that happened. But the other thing that happened is they held the Warriors to 70 points through three quarters. So the defense was outstanding as well. Now, do they have a major uphill battle? What? Go ahead. Kind of reminds me of like that game. Kind of reminded me of another game. What game? Earlier in the playoffs. What game? Was it game five of Grizzlies Warriors? I knew you were going to say that. When they came in and scored 50 points. I think they had 52 minutes into the third quarter of that game. It was very clear. The, the Grizzlies led by 50 in that game. It yep. was just very clear that they did not give a damn about winning that game. Okay, that might be true. However... I think that is, and by the way, good job by you. That is the exact point Chris Broussard made on the TV show this morning. So as your evolution into professional takesman, you're now thinking the same way of the actual professional takesman. So good job by you. However, that is, I'm going to say to you what I said to him. That's a terrible example for the Warriors case, which is this. The next game, the Warriors didn't play great. If you remember game six of that series, The Warriors are trailing with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then the Grizzlies self-destructed. The Warriors end up winning by 14 points in that game because the final half of the fourth quarter, the Warriors fell apart. But I agree with you. It did remind me a bit of that game. But it's not like the Warriors came out the very next night and totally took care of business on their home court the way one would expect. The Mavericks aren't the Grizzlies. The Mavericks aren't the Grizzlies. Luke is the best player in the series. That was the Grizzlies without John Morant. And here's what I'm saying. The Mavericks could have rolled over. The Mavericks could have said 146 teams went down 3-0. They're 0-146. It's not going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. But that is not what they did. Instead, what they did was they took the game seriously, and now they're in a position where they go back to Golden State, where they've got to believe they can win. In Golden State, DeMonze, I know they lost game one and game two, but they were up 19 In game two, they were up 14 at the half, and then they fell apart. And here's what I will unequivocally say. If the Mavs win game five, and then the series goes back to Dallas for game six, the amount of pressure on Steph and the Warriors will be unimaginable. 
So no, I'm not ready to make another bet. The Ma- the series should be two two games apiece. The Mavericks should have won game two. Yeah, and, well, yeah. I mean, but they didn't. So they dug themselves a seemingly undiggable, outable. That's not the phraseology. I apologize. Hole, a too big of a hole. But they have the best player. There is the massive three point shooting variance. All of a sudden, Kavon Looney wasn't. Yeah. You know, in, in, what, the best center in the Western Conference <laughs> for finally a night. Kevon Looney and Andrew Wiggins were at modern-day Mark Eaton, Carl Malone for the first three games of this series. Mark Eaton, yes. Mark Eaton, one of your favorites. Yeah. Um. So I'm not, I'm I'm not going to make another bet. I this for the Mavs to really be in good shape. It obviously needed to be two two. But I'm so sick of people talking about three zero. Three zero is gone. It's it's in the past. If I were to ask you. Guess a number between one and a thousand. You would have a one in one thousand chance. But if I then told you the first digit of the number, you would have a one in one hundred chance. That's what this one was. It went from one in a thousand to one in a hundred. If I told you the second digit, you would then have a one in ten chance. That's what game five would be. And then if I told you the third digit, you'd have it. You'd have the number. That's what game six would be. They win game five. They're going to get to win game six. And then game seven, Warriors will fall apart. Mark it down. Game five, here's the official prediction. Game five is either the Warriors by 20 or the Mavericks win the series. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's I'm why we're not betting you. on it. All right. What we 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 have an extended 12-minute clock. We spent five minutes on that first topic, so we gotta go faster. What's next? We're recording before game five of Celtics and Heat. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling great about it, man. Yeah. Celtics bullied the Heat on Monday. Yeah. There hasn't been one game where both teams played pretty well. But this one kind of felt like a turning point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you sticking to Heat and seven, or are you finally ready to admit that Celtics are the better team? I don't think the Celtics are the better team. I am sticking with Heat and seven. However, the only chance the Heat have is if Jimmy Butler is close to 100%, and we the audience will know. So I don't want to spend a ton of time on it here. The audience will know by the time they hear this how Jimmy Butler looks. Like, listen, Jimmy Butler played... Just one half of game three, played game four, but was nothing like himself. Didn't get to the free throw line, had six or eight points. The Heat struggled too much to score to be able to survive. Jimmy Butler at this level, and by the way, Tyler Hero didn't play game four. I do think it's noteworthy that there has been one half this entire series, the Heat were at full strength. The first half of game three, Kyle Lowry was back. Hero played, Jimmy Butler played that half, and the Heat won that half by 15 points. I think that's noteworthy. Now, I want to give you credit for something. You have been big on Time Lord, on Robert Williams. And he is a factor. Well, it is not lost on me that the only game this series that Bam has looked like an all-NBA center was the one game Robert Williams missed. With that said, I wouldn't be shocked if Robert Williams misses game five. Or misses game six. He's been in and out of lineup the entire postseason. So injuries are obviously a huge factor here. I'm not going to use injuries as an excuse with the caveat of if the best player on a team gets hurt, that kind of removes the pick. I picked Grizzlies over Warriors. Nobody threw that in my face because John missed the final three games of a series. The if you if Giannis had gone down, not Middleton. Nobody would be like, Nick, you picked Giannis to make the finals. If the best player on a team goes down, now Jimmy Butler is going to play game five, I'm sure. 
What's he going to look like? You guys already will know this. It, we're recording a few hours before the game, so we'll discuss this more next week when hopefully we've gotten to a seventh game in this series. We'll find out. All right, what's next? Rob Pickens was seen with the Nets GM. Rob Palinka. Mark- Rob Palinka. Jesus Rob Christ. Rob Pickens. Go ahead. You're fine. Don't worry about it. Rob Palinka. <laughs> was seen with a GM with Nets GM Sean Marks at the combine. Yep. Maybe they were discussing your old Russ Kyrie trade. Yep. And the Lakers' coaching situation was so bad by the last show, we couldn't even really discuss it. Yeah. Seems like the GM has his hands full. Uh-huh. But what would you like to see first? The Russ move or the Doc move? Okay. You know how I wouldn't talk about the Lakers on the last show? I'm not talking about the Lakers on this show either. You guys keep putting the Lakers in the show. I am not interested in talking about the Lakers in their present form. Coaching it makes me is mad. Still bad, They're still the, the idea that Doc Rivers is even on the list. Doc Rivers has a job, and why do you want Doc Rivers? And then Phil Jackson advising him to keep Russ. I don't like any of it. I don't like that LeBron James just made his record 18th All NBA team, and he's playing for this franchise that is just a total mess. So I'm not, you call him GM, you put it in the rundown because <laughs> people expect me to talk Lakers. I am not interested in talking Lakers. Next topic. Okay. Well, Stop putting it in the show. Well, you won't enjoy this any much more, but uh, odds are the Warriors will win the series by the time we record our next show. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Steph wins another title without KD or a real number two player, it's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. The Warriors will be an all-time dynasty. Steph probably moves up on your top 50 list. Mm-hmm. How much of this... Ha- how much is on the line in terms of NBA history if the Warriors win? Oh, well, listen. It, everything you said there is true. Yeah. If they win, it, to me, moves Steph to a clear number two player of his generation. It moves him past Durant and, at least for the time being, past Giannis. Uh, because So it, he's not past Durant right now, is what you're saying? I... Going into the year, I would have said no. Going into the year, I would have said no because Steph, two years since Durant left, missed the playoffs, right. missed the playoffs, looked like he wasn't going to make another NBA Finals. Durant, you know, Steph had more regular season MVPs. Durant had the Finals MVPs. When they played together, it looked like Durant was the better player. But if Steph wins a title before Durant got there and after Durant leaves, The fact that Steph, if they make the finals this year, will have, during this run, since Steve Kerr took over, have never lost before the finals. Since Steve Kerr has gotten there, they've lost two series. One, they lost to the greatest player ever due to the greatest three-game stretch of basketball ever, LeBron James. He went 41-16-7 and then 41-9-11, and then he had the triple-double in game seven, 29-11-10, I think. To win 27 11 10 to win the title. I don't hold that against Steph. You're up against the greatest player ever, as the greatest three game stretch ever. And the other title you lose was when Durant popped his Achilles and Clay blew out his knee. If they win the title this year, it's an un- unbelievable stretch. Now, there's the two years in the middle of it when they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. During those two years, it's felt to me like, okay, you know, Durant, those two years missed one year because he was out with the Achilles. And they basically missed this year. Well, and this year, but, but last year was unbelievable in that series against Giannis and the Bucs. Yeah. You couldn't put that on Durant. But Steph, given that what happened with Durant this year, swept in round one, right. if Steph, with a great supporting cast, but as you mentioned, not a great number two. Jordan Poole's a one-way player. Clay is a shell of himself. It's Andrew Wiggins at this point. That's his number two, it seems like. 
or maybe the it was, well, Andrew Wiggins is the second best in this series has been the second best all around guy because Draymond's all defense, Poole is all offense, Clay's not the same. Right. And so, yes, like Steph Curry, it, it was prior to this year. The point, my point would be this prior to this year, it was a real debate. Greater all time, Steph or KD. If before this year it was a debate, and if at the end of this year, KD's swept in round one and Steph wins the title, that's got to sway it. Four rings, six finals appearances. It quickly, guys with a league MVP who have been to six finals, it is Kuzi, Russell, Kareem, Magic, Michael, Shaq, Kobe, LeBron, I'm, uh, Duncan. That's the full list. If Steph adds himself to that list, yeah. Is he top 10 all time? Probably not, but banging on the door. He's second best player of his generation if they finish this off. He might be second best player of his generation for the time being if they just make the finals. We'll be right back. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Maybe I was irritated because my alarm didn't wake me up on time today. Uh, it, Did you have, no, no, no. Did you have any idea that if you set a timer on the clock app and you don't like reset it and you leave it open, your alarm does not go off. And if you think that I'm lying, test the theory tomorrow with your job. Okay, you always just jump to, and if you think I'm lying, I don't think because, you're no, lying. Because I used to lie a lot, I, like a, a once I, upon a time. I understand that. I don't think you're lying. I think that you are 
you are you have now gotten to the level where you are blaming Menlo Park, California and the late Steve Jobs 100%. for the fact that you have for the I don't know, the last decade of your life overslept. Dude. Like maybe like the, maybe No, what's BS is when my alarm what I am a thousand and oh when my alarm goes off. I'm a thousand and oh uh, I am. When, like when my alarm goes off, I don't oversleep. That's that's just the fact. I, okay. Well, then I, if I were you, didn't I buy you a plug in the wall? Alarm? Yeah, because I was using an iPhone eight, which is that alarm wasn't very uh -huh. reliable. So why don't you use that as a backup? If you're undefeated, when an alarm goes off, if I were you, I would make sure the alarm always goes off. I've got a point to prove. I got you. Oh, I, like I will it. set it up. I will set it up. Okay. Hey, new running tally. And now Demonte's done it. This is show 22. How many shows do we get to before the damn dastardly iPhone screws him again? And he's a little late for the show prep meeting. Let's see. Let's just see. I'm going to say we don't get to show 31. <laughs> okay. I hope you prove me wrong. All right, you ready to go? Oh, What's that, like seven away? That'd, that'd be nine away. Nobody oh. said you 22 to 31. Nobody, no, listen, it might be a thousand and oh at waking up. Can he count to a thousand? <laughs> Unsure. All right, let's go. What are we starting? All NBA teams were announced. Yeah. Jokic got first team and then mm -hmm. B got announced second. So yeah. there, you got your wishes. Kind of. Not yeah, I did. Not two the first centers, team. exactly. That was important to me. LeBron made third team. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure you have major issues with this. And, you know, considering how bitter you are, you don't even have a vote. Uh -huh. So what would you fix about it? What would you make it right about this year's NBA odds? All-NBA team. All right, so a little Nick makes it right with the All-NBA team since I don't have a vote, but I'm about to have a vote, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. So... I, I do like that they kept to just one center. 53 of the 100 voters, by the way, I crunched the numbers on this, voted Jokic and Embiid both first team. But despite that, Embiid ended up being second team. I would have had Embiid first team and Jokic second team, but it's fine. I don't like, think that was a secret. That, like, I honestly... No, of course. <laughs> but overall, the first team, they did a really good job. Uh, Luka makes first team, which by the way, Lucas played four years. He has three first-team All-NBAs. Wild. Demonze, that is as many as Kyrie, Dame, and Russ combined. Combined. Kyrie's never been first-team All-NBA. Dame's only been at once. Russ has been at twice. That is one less first-team All-NBA. What a stat. Yeah, it's one less first-team All-NBA than Chris Paul has in his career, than Steph Curry has in his career. It is the same number of first-team All-NBAs Kawhi Leonard has. And Luka's 23 years old. So yeah. great job by Luka, great job by them in that regard. The I think in general the voters did a good job. I would have had LeBron's second team and DeMar DeRozan third team. Yeah. But that's, listen, the team it's, missed the playoffs. I didn't like nine of the All-NBA voters left LeBron off their ballot entirely. Yeah. That seems uh, petty. I understand the team was bad. He averaged 30 points, eight rebounds, six assists. No, nobody in league history that has those numbers has not been at least second team. To leave him off your ballot seems silly, but that's not the issue. Here's the reason why I say I might get a vote. You know who got one vote for an All-NBA team? Who's a star that has no business being on the All-NBA team this year? And who, do, who would make me the angriest that they got a vote? You have a guess? Someone we've talked about a lot on this show. It's right. 
Uh, no, James Dr- Harden or, or Draymond? No, Draymond. No, worse than any of that. Kyrie Irving. Oh, damn it. Come on, though. Someone voted Kyrie Irving All-NBA this year. Now, the, the, the votes are public. We don't yet have the list yet, but we will. Someone make an argument that that person shouldn't lose their vote. <laughs> no, I'm, dead, I'm deadly serious. Why should they not lose their vote? Of yeah, course I mean, they should dude missed like half the games. He, he played 29. Yeah. He played 29 games. He's the biggest reason Harden wanted out. He was, he was, he was, he was the opposite of good for his team. Yeah. There's a, and even if he was, even if he had just missed 29 games, because he had Dame Lillard, I'm sorry, missed 29 games, played 29 games. Dame played 29 games. Nobody's voting for him. And Dame Lee's team got like. So I'm serious. That person should lose their vote. And I assume I am the next person on the NBA's list that's going to get a vote. So it should come to me. So that's my big... In general, I actually think the All-NBA voters did a really nice job. I might have you know, made the argument Jimmy Butler should have gotten the final... Because he was eligible at guard or forward that he should have gotten the final guard spot over Trey Young but in or the final forward spot over Pascal Siakam. But in general, I think the All-NBA voters did a really nice job with it. But Ky- the one person who voted for Kyrie Irving, to me, that's indefensible. The guy missed 53 <laughs> games. It, it was the biggest reason the Nets season imploded. And uh, it, it, it's just outrageous. All right, what, what are we doing now? What game are we that is That's pretty bad. It's it's t- t- time this for this or that. Okay, let's play. Yes, sir. What's the bigger red flag? Rogers not at the OTAs or Kyler not at the OTAs? Oh, Kyler for sure. Ro- Rogers been in the league damn near 20 years. Yeah, I figured he's got some type of seniority. Yeah, or 15 plus years. I understand he doesn't have Devontae, but he knows the receivers. He knows the offense. Kyler, to me, that's about the contract. I personally would be very hesitant to give Kyler this contract he wants. Kyler not being at the OTAs would concern me if I were the Cardinals. All right, what's next? Okay. Who's the worst liar? Tyreek saying Tua's got a crazy arm? Uh Or Belichick will pick the offensive coordinator when we get to it. Oh, Tyreek, listen, it, it, Belichick, I, I, Belichick, I semi-believe, actually. I, I don't think he thinks the titles are super important. He never really has. I also don't think he has great options. He's had Josh McDaniels there for so many years in a row. I think this is kind of putting him in a rough spot. He's going to let Matt Patricia and Joe Judge battle it out or maybe one of his sons battle it out. Tyreek, though, having to lie about going from Mahomes to Tua it listen. He's like Tyreek's, got a little picture of Mahomes. Yeah, it's just crying in his bed. Yeah, Tyreek got the money. He got the location. I'm sure Tyreek will have decent numbers because they'll do a lot of like screen passes or right. short passes. But Tua is not good. Tua does not have a good arm, and it's going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. If you just if you were going from Matt Ryan to Tua, it'd be like, oh, this is rough. He, but he made this choice. But of course, he's got to lie about it. So, I mean, it is Tyreek is lying. Tyreek also, at the end of one of these quotes, said no homo, which, like, bro, like, I, I, I'm not going to make it the biggest deal in the world, but you're a grown man <laughs> and it's 2022 and you're at a press conference. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he was caught on, you know what I mean, on saying it to a friend, which again, you're a grown man. Yeah. But to have the lack of awareness 
that at a press conference, Mike's in your face to drop a, quote, no homo, unquote. It's like, come on, man. That's high so, school culture right there. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's like embarrassing high school culture. Like, you got to be better than that. All right, what's next? Predict a trade partner for one. DeAndre Ayton or Russell Westbrook? These are both hard. I'm just going to be totally honest. They're both. Ayton will have plenty of suitors out there. It's hard for him because it's hard to narrow it down to one. Because I think a lot of teams would like Ayton if they could get him. Right. Um, Young. Young was the number one pick of a draft. Right. Showed you last year, not this year, but last year in the playoffs, he could be something of a force. Now, I, unless you have, uh, other people have said this and they're right, that unless you have Embiid or Jokic, does it make sense to pay a center 30 plus million dollars when you can get a Kavon Looney making almost nothing to give you 60% of the production? You know what I mean? Is that I'm not certain, but there'll be teams that want him. Russ is in a different situation. My gut tells me if I have to pick one trade partner, I think it's the Knicks. The Knicks have some contracts they want to get off of, like Evan Fournier and Alec Burks. I don't think they're going to get any super. They're not, they're not going to be able to trade for Donovan this summer. They're going to want to put asses in the seats and keep their cap. That would help them clean up their cap for future years because Russ's contract is expiring. Now, would it be a one-team trade or a three-team trade? I don't know. Some people had postulated the Hornets, but I, Broussard has said, and I trust him on his reporting on this, the Hornets are not actually interested. I do believe Russ is going to be traded, and I would, if I had to pick one team, I would pick the Knicks, but it's going to be hard work. Luckily, the Lakers have one of the worst GMs in basketball, Rob Palenka, on the case. You guys tricked me into talking about the Lakers. I said I wasn't going to talk about the Lakers, and you tricked me into doing it. I mean, I, you've actually talked about the Lakers a couple of times. Okay, okay, okay. First know. of all, up the energy, what, buddy. What, what it was exactly, but... Okay, all right, let's let's. let's I don't want to be loud on calling let's, you out, but... Okay, go uh, ahead. What's next? What's the better fight? Canelo, Triple G3, or Barkley versus Warrior fans? It's definitely Barkley versus the Warrior fans. And Charles Barkley is a great example And other people should learn from it, which is this. I know everyone is all terrified of cancel culture these days. And, oh, you're not allowed to say anything anymore. Charles Barkley's stance of, I'm going to act the way I've always acted and never acknowledge the criticism is the best stance possible. If you don't say anything that's actually truly awful, but it's just, uncouth or slightly non-PC for the moment. What? You don't like that I said uncouth? It was uncouth. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, Nicki Minaj said couth in a song and then spelled it. She said, oh, you probably can't even spell it C-O-U-T-H. I knew exactly how to spell it. Oh, okay. I, I know how you just it don't think it's. You just don't think it's a word people use? I've, I've, that was the first time I've heard it. Which it was okay. Today. Oh, but you knew how to spell it. I did. Just like you knew what 31 minus 22 was. But regardless. I thought we were on episode 24. Oh, okay. You thought we were on episode 24. That was quick math. Point is this. That was quick math. Good job by you. Point is this. Barkley turned around to Warriors fans <laughs> and said, you keep messing with me. I'm going to bleep your mom. I'm going to go to your house and bleep your mama. And nobody was like, oh, Everybody my was God. dying laughing. Just laughing because it's Chuck. <laughs> yeah. And there's a thread right now, which is the best thread on Twitter, of a thousand great Barkley moments. Everyone just loves him. The lesson, as always, is if you don't really do anything wrong, apologizing doesn't help. And the other lesson is 
You can be the allow, how offensive you are allowed to be is directly correlated with how funny you are. Yeah. A slightly offensive joke that is not funny at all will get you in so much more trouble than a very offensive joke that is wildly hilarious. Right. And Barkley has walked that line better than just about anybody. Okay. That is not the end of the show, but that is the end of the sports part of today's show. So if you don't want my thoughts on the tragedy in Texas, I would ask you to join us again on Sunday uh, for the latest in the NBA of 50 best players of the last 50 years and join us again this coming Tuesday for episode 23, which is one more than 22 to of this show. If you would like my thoughts on what just happened in Texas, that is next. All right, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, podcasting YouTube show. Uh, we are, as recording this, right around 24 hours removed from 19 second, third, and fourth graders being murdered while at school outside of Texas. And uh, Demonze was sitting with me in the kitchen when the news came across my Twitter feed, and I... I don't think he's ever heard me. I audibly gasped and started to cry. And I'm not a big crier. You've probably seen me cry, I don't know, four times in the time we, you know, in your life. Four is this. Yeah, four might be high. And one of them was when I was trying to cold turkey, quit cigarettes and nicotine patches, and I did it at dinner. I just started crying one day because I just, I I don't know what was going on with my, my body was like, no, you need these nicotine patches. I'm not a big crier. Um, but it's just the never ending, just cavalcade of horror that we've been living through. Plus the fact that my youngest daughter is the age of these kids. And so there's something I want to say about the big picture gun discussion in this country. And then I want to talk about what actually happened in Texas. The big picture gun discussion is, it's just so wildly disingenuous and dishonest that it is, for me, impossible to talk about, nearly impossible, because it all comes down, right? People say it's Second Amendment, and it's essentially, people argue, it is an inherently American right to be able to arm yourself against a tyrannical government. And if people who were the most ardent Second Amendment supporters actually believed that, then I would say, you know what? I don't look at things that way, but I respect your opinion. If they truly believed the government cannot be trusted And because of that, we must be able to arm ourselves. That is what America was built on, fighting an oppressive government from, you know, England to now, all of it. I will listen to that. But that never holds up under scrutiny because we all know that even as armed as we are as Americans, if the federal government, if if a president ordered the United States military to attack the most heavily armed American city, it would wipe it out in 24 hours. The 
federal government has stealth bombers and nuclear weapons and tanks and weaponry, which it, I don't care how armed you are, your small munitions are not going to hold up. So that part, it falls apart initially. But then one could argue, okay, so we're not going to be able to take on the U.S. military, but we should be able to protect ourselves against overzealous agents of the state. Well, the most direct first line of defense for the state is police officers. They are agents of the state that are literally deputized by the state or city that carry weapons and are allowed to use them in a way most Americans are not. And the reason that I find it so difficult to have discussions with the vast majority of Second Amendment fetishists is because they almost always, not always, but the vast majority I have come in contact with are the same exact people who whenever there is a police shooting, side with the police. They, they are not worried about a tyrannical government because what could be more tyrannical than an agent of the government killing a person in the street with no judge, no jury, no trial? And the, the same people that argue we must be able to carry weapons of war because the government might come after us, are the same people that say should have complied, should have, shouldn't have run, was he armed, all of it. And so, you, you, in, my, in my opinion, if you want, if, if, if I will listen to someone who is an ardent Second Amendment def defender, but not if they also are a thin blue line, blue lives matter, anti-police brutality protest person. And they're almost, the Venn diagram of that is damn near one circle. That is the, the, the armed agents of the state in my lifetime that you have theoretically wanted to be, have some level of defense against are certain elements within the police force. And the, the, the people who want us armed, never in my experience, side with the civilian in that case. So I just don't think there's a logical consistency. That's the big picture element of it. That's the macro. The micro is, I, I, I think it's important. And this is again, um, this is again like, gruesome to a degree, but I think it's worth discussing, which is, I think people need to think about and process what actually happened after those 19 children were murdered. They're little kids, so they don't have ID, and many of them I mean, they, they were shot with weapons of war, and many of them reportedly were shot multiple times or shot in the face. So what you have is 
And this is similar with what happened in Sandy Hook, because in my in the last 10 years, we have had two. We have a countless school shootings, but two massacres of babies. Of little, little kids. The way to identify the victims is a process of elimination. Of, well, who made it out? Pair them up with the parents. And then as what happened in Sandy Hook, the parents who are left, your kids die. But then you have to match those parents up with the dead kid. So yesterday, they did DNA samples for the parents, and some of the parents had to go identify those, their babies' bodies. And we choose to live in this. It is active choices that we, as a unique nation, have made, where for the first time in modern world history, at least in this country, I shouldn't say world history, but the first time ever in American history, as of last year, the number one cause of death among children was firearms, not car accidents. It's unfathomable. Now, part of that's because car accidents have gotten, cars have gotten safer. That's good. Um, and of course, part of that is suicide. Those are firearm deaths. Well, those are tragic in and of itself in a totally different way. And one does wonder if firearms weren't so readily available, would some of the kids not have made that decision? Would they have gone another route? Would they have attempted suicide in a different way that maybe they'd fail and then get, get on track? Um, but we, we're the only place in the world this happens. And we all know it. And... There is not the political will to stop it. And so we just, it's not unimaginable. It's not unbelievable. And it is terrifying. And I use that word on purpose because I, I've said this before, but I, I, I live in New York City, theoretically the number one target in this country for geopolitical terrorism. It was obviously the main target at 9-11. It has been targeted before. You know, I used to live in Kansas City. The odds of being the victim of a foreign terror attack in Kansas City, not nearly the same as in New York City. But I've never once spent one day, had one moment in New York where I was like, ah, I'm afraid of being a victim of a foreign terrorist attack. Now, maybe that's because we're winning the war on terror. Who knows? But we've spent a lot of time and money and treasure and human lives fighting it. We've made it a very high priority. Meanwhile, we are just giving up the fight on domestic terror. And I don't mean domestic terror in the form of what happened in Buffalo 10 days ago, which was domestic terrorism because there was like a political motive. I just mean legit that I am over the last 10 years of my life. I have. I'm no longer able to walk into a movie theater without having a moment of where's the exit, because that's a place that I know eh, gets shot up. 
Now, after Buffalo, add grocery stores to the list. We are reminded regularly that our little kids, their schools are on the list. And it's, we shouldn't be numb to the fact that it's 19, 19 dead babies. But it's also every single child in that school is traumatized forever in ways that will have a lasting impact on every single moment of the rest of their life. And that community is changed forever. But all of our kids are victimized here. All of our kids live under the specter of this. So much so that they practice for it. And there are so many grisly tweets and I, I, a lady tweet, Aaron Alberti tweeted, I told my third grader about the shooting. She replied, third grader, same age, Deanna. Yeah, we had a lockdown drill today. There aren't very many hiding places in our room. The good ones all get taken in like three seconds. And then the lady writes, her daughter walked out. I told Diora, our older daughter, about what happened yesterday. She didn't seem to blink. She hadn't heard about it. I told her she was not surprised. And this is the country we've built for our children. And I, I, uh, it feels unsustainable. It feels at times like we are ripping ourselves apart at the seams. We see that we're doing it and we just keep walking towards more disaster. And it took two mentally unstable, hateful, 18-year-old kids themselves to, I don't know, ruin two communities, change the lives of 40 families or 30 families directly and indirectly change the lives of 500 more. The ease with which it can be done and the power that we just can just cede to anybody. It's just not a, it's not a sustainable model for a thriving society. And I don't know where we go from here. I don't have the answer. I have some ideas, but they're all quite radical and I'm not going to get into them here. I do know that uh, we, we really owe our kids not only an apology, but a level of amazement. Because I am telling you right now, if any workplace in America got shot up with the regularity schools did, us adults would be demanding change And a lot of us wouldn't go anymore. And our brave children march themselves into school every day, knowing this happens, says it's part of doing business, part of growing up in America. And hopefully, if it comes to my school, I'm one of the kids that finds one of the good hiding spots. And it's 
revolting. I'll talk to you guys next week.